I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. I'm so happy that you've been able to join us for today's extremely empowering conversation. Fasten your seatbelts. You are about to hear a, a life transformed by Jesus, literally transformed by Jesus. My amazing guest who's joining me for today's conversation is a very experienced leader in the body of Christ. She has been involved in leadership in Bethel Church in Reading in California for over 12 years, having been part of that, part of the family for a much longer time. And she's now moved and is part of a senior leadership team in um, San Francisco in the Bay Area in San Francisco in America. So it is my absolute joy and I'm very excited to welcome into today's conversation, Sherry Downs. Sherry, welcome. Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate it. It's going to be oh, a fun day. Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. I want to start by asking you, Sherry, I know little bits about your amazing life with Jesus, your testimony of what happened to you, how difficult your life was, and then Jesus crashed in on your world and changed everything and I know now you have a consuming passion to help people get free and really experience the true love of Jesus for themselves so will you start there Sherry will you tell us a little bit about your life what happened to you I can begin uh, just with early on um, abuse began in my my little life of four years old uh, by an older family member uh, that uh, set this pattern of thinking in my head that uh, sexual abuse was normal. Um, I thought every every child went through that. I began this journey, uh, my mom tells me, um, who is now with Jesus, but she told me that um, I gave my heart to the Lord at a Sunday school sidewalk around the age of four, which I do not remember that. There's a lot I don't remember due to the abuse that was going on in my world. Yeah. But I do remember at eight years old that I had been in my cousin's church and I had given my heart to the Lord at eight. The abuse didn't stop. Um, it continued on. Um, I began, my father actually was very uh, emotionally distant. He was never abusive to me, but he was to my uh, the rest of my family, like my mom, my brothers, but he never was with me. And so that actually turned against me because my brothers then felt I was the favored one. And then I got even more ridicule and unfortunately um, beat up a lot, if I can put it that way. So I learned how to navigate through life being very strong, um, two older brothers um, and a, a father who was distant caused me to walk into this like strong appearance that everything was okay. And then at eight years old, I learned how to actually hide what was going on in my family life from my church life because I didn't want them to kick me out of the church if they knew what was really going on in my home life. And you know, I would fight with my brothers and I would become, you know, this different person. And if they saw that and if they knew what was going on, because I felt dirty inside, I felt mm -hmm. like there was something wrong with me. But when I went to church and I, I met Jesus at eight years old, 
I felt clean. I felt pure. I felt safe. And so I didn't want the two worlds to collide. And I actually mm-hmm. lived that way for um, my entire growing up life. So I learned wow. um, very early on that I had a uh, gift to sing. And, um, and so when I began to sing, I found my identity in what I did and could hide behind that because I would get these accolades. People would tell me how powerful and anointing I, anointed I was, but I didn't know what that meant. And so mm. I learned quickly how to use that to actually bring that comfort that I felt when I wasn't at home being abused and all of that. And I learned really quick quickly how to become religious and keep the two worlds apart. And in that uh, is where I kind of developed this religious. uh, It it wasn't that it wasn't real. I had an encounter with Jesus, but it became very performance oriented because I didn't want anyone to actually know me or my secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sherry, thank you for being so open and so vulnerable, because I know there'll be a lot of people watching and listening in the family across the world who perhaps have either gone through something like this or are going through something like this. And certainly the shame where you hid yourself away. I know just from the relationships that we have and the feedback that we get in the ministry, there's a lot of people in the world struggling with shame, feeling like they have to be one personality in the church environment, and then they go home to an abusive marriage or another very difficult situation that draws out of them a different aspect of themselves and they hide it. And it's just... um, I think it's life transforming to invite Jesus into that place, isn't it? Like you said, you know, obviously the Lord's brought you free from religious performance, living. And obviously you were doing the best you could to survive your life and you and experience some kind of love and affirmation and value because your home life was so difficult. So what changed for you? What happened to you then? As you obviously you said that's your growth, that was your growing up years. What happened then? Three years into my divorce, so I can just kind of briefly say that I met the man of my dreams. Um, We met in a church youth group uh, in Reading. Uh, We were both attending a different church than Bethel. Um, And he was the man of my dreams. Uh, We kept it pure. We did not have uh, sex before marriage um, and all of that thing. I never dated a a non-Christian because in my religious little world, I had followed the rules. I wanted to to look again. I followed all the rules, didn't date outside of the church, uh, didn't have sex before marriage, you know, did all of the the good, the the rules. Right. Get it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so then we married. Um, I was 20. He was 19. And three years into our marriage, he um, actually, well, actually, it was just under three years. to, To be honest, I think it was around two Um, he had his first affair. Um, And again, I kept it secret. Uh, I was, uh, we were at a different church. Like I said, it was not Bethel. I kept it secret from everyone um, except our families. My, my parents and his parents knew, Um, but I didn't tell the church. I didn't tell, I was the worship leader. Uh, We were, uh, I, I taught Sunday school. Um, And so we were plugged into the leadership at that church as well. And so I didn't tell anybody. So that went on um, 
he eventually came back to me. He left me for like two weeks. He came back. Uh, we worked through it, so to speak. And that went on for another, probably another couple of years. And it happened again. Uh, then it would happen regularly, probably every few years after that, up until he finally left. When at uh, We had been married for 16 years. When all of that happened, I... All of that by then, when the, the time came that he left, we had been a part of Bethel Church um, for probably four years when he finally left. And that's when I actually invited the whole Christian world and my private secret world to collide together. Um, I sought help. I sought Sozo's inner healing. And three years after David had left, is when I had my first real encounter with Jesus that forever has marked my life on this intimate journey of what I had really been looking for my entire life. Oh my goodness, I'm actually welling up. <laughs> I can feel his love. And obviously you had kids yes. as well. So when you ended up, I totally get that. I was a single mom for years as well. So I really understand that um, walk of Jesus becoming everything to you so will you tell will you share with us what happened to you we, you were obviously in the midst of a divorce were you and in the context of yes. the Bethel family yes uh so yes uh David had walked out but I still believed with my my daughter was uh, 12 at the time and my son was eight and every night before we went to bed we would pray that their dad would come back he had uh, moved on to Las Vegas Nevada. And he was actually, he had already divorced his second wife and was in a relationship in Las Vegas. And so we would continue to pray that, that the Lord would bring him home. Um, I was on a, a prayer line at Bethel church when back when we did prayer lines in the sanctuary. And I was really bitter at mm -hmm. this point, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. because David had now um, divorced his second wife, but was with his third, and I still believed that God was going to restore my marriage. And so I was a little bit, to be honest, offended at God, even a little mm. upset that the church kind of, I, I was a part of a choir. Back in the day, we had this hundred voice choir at Bethel. We were very seeker friendly. We weren't the Bethel we are today. And so yeah. I was a part of this, the worship team and just the whole nine yards. Um, and they actually didn't know what to do either. Um, I removed myself from all ministry, the women's ministry, the worship team. And I didn't feel like my church family supported me. So I was bitter at the church. I was bitter at God. I was uh, really upset with myself and I had a very low self-esteem. This whole time, I now again, I never walked away from the Lord. I'm a believer. <laughs> right. But this night, this night changed everything. And I was on the prayer line and the prayer team was coming closer to me. And I was noticing people were falling down and I had an aversion to that. I'm like, nobody's going to push me. And I took the stance like, you're not going to push me down. I don't care what you think. I don't believe in that. My best friend happened to be in the sitting in the back of the sanctuary and she saw the whole thing happen. But I go into this, they get about three people away from me. And some of them were my friends, right? From the church. Right. And I knew them. And I'm like, no, you're not going to push me down. 
So I go into this vision, though. I stop looking at them and I just close my eyes and I go into this vision. And in the vision, I see Jesus standing probably 10 feet away from me. And I um, see him motioning with his free hand to come closer to him because in his other hand, he had an, uh, a substance. And the closer I got, the, realized, the more I realized it was a heart, a human heart. It was ugly. It was oozing through his fingers like stuff was dripping down. And he motioned with me to come closer. And as he did, he put, he put his free arm around my waist. <laughs> and he drew me in. He, and when he drew me in, Liz, it was the most incredible thing I had ever felt because I felt that ugly heart meld into his chest. And he held me there and I could feel the rhythm of his heartbeat next to mine. <laughs> this is as if it happened yesterday. This is how real this encounter marked me. And, and as I felt that, he leaned over and whispered, if I could just kind of show this picture right here. I don't know if you can see that well enough or not. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that's exactly one of my students painted that after I told her what it, this vision, but that's exactly what it felt like. He leaned over, he whispered in my ear, will you let me be your husband? And when he said that, I came out of that vision. I was laying on the floor at Bethel <laughs> and this ring was on my finger. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I jumped up and I ran back to my best friend. I said, "Is I didn't even know if this was real. I was like doing this and I couldn't even talk. And she said, yes, it's real. And yes, I saw what happened. She said, a woman walked you, the prayer team didn't even get close to you and you went down. And while you were down for maybe a couple of minutes, this woman walks by you, she stops at the door, turns around, comes back to you, kneels down and puts this ring on your finger. And then she leaves. I said, what did she look like? What did she look like? So I ran, I jumped up and I ran <laughs> out to, to try to find her and I could not find her. 14 years later, 14 years later, I'm sharing this encounter at a women's conference in Bethel. I, it was like, during an announcement or something, and I was just sharing this encounter, that woman happened to be there. She comes running to me after the service was over, and she goes, that was me, that was me. And I said, can you please tell me what happened? And she said, I walked past you. I saw you laying down there, and I walked past you. And the Lord told me, go back and give her your ring. This was her grandmother's ring. It was a family heirloom. And she said, or he told her, I want to betroth her. At the same time, he's asking me, will you let me be your husband? From that point on, Liz, <laughs> I have had this intense, intimate connection with Jesus that my years prior to that, even though I was in the church and even though I had met Jesus, that encounter has forever marked my life. And I have been single now for, and I raised my kids. I, I, again, they were young. 
I raised my children as a single mom. It wasn't easy. It was difficult. Mm -hmm. I've had many, many challenges. Mm -hmm. But that encounter then led me into the book of John that I was in that book. I don't know that I read any other book during this next two years, year and a half to two years of my life of this intimate connection with the Lord that today still marks every ounce of my being. And it's out of this unconditional love. Even when I was angry with him, even when I was mad at him, even when I made poor choices, he still woo me and has brought me into this place that now, yes, I've been single for 25, 26 years. If the Lord brings someone into my life, great. If not, he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you, oh my goodness. I'm undone listening to you. He's so incredibly gracious, isn't he? And I love that you shared that, you know, you were in a state of bitterness. You weren't following a protocol to become a very righteous person or clean yourself up and get into a a place where you were worthy of having an encounter. He came into your life sovereignly and gave you a new heart. Actually, I love what you said where you you felt your heart and his heart merging. Yeah. He put the beauty of who he is within you. Yeah. And then gave you a ring in the natural realm. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. So did you, obviously, your life transformed from that point. Oh, yeah. Your whole life in him must have radically changed at that point. It did. And uh, to be honest, when, when that happened, something shifted so deeply inside of me that it wasn't about the religious protocol anymore. I just wanted to be with him. And he began to open up doors. Um, I went to the first year school of ministry. I didn't know how I was going to do that uh, financially because uh, I wasn't getting any support. So I was working a couple of different jobs and supporting my children. And The Lord made a way for me to go to first year school of ministry, uh, as well as work uh, nights. And then my children became very active in their school program. So I don't know how, except the grace of God, that I made it through uh, first year school of ministry. We were by then a a school of we had been a, a school for three years. Actually, I was a part of the third year graduating class at BSSM and And then I took six years off because it exhausted me. (laughs) It's intense. (laughs) And as a single mom working nights, it nearly did me in. Um, But I got all my homework in. (laughs) (laughs) And I and I did it. But I did it out of of relationship. And uh, and then there was another incident that happened at work that um, I watched um, one of my coworkers die on this on the scene, and it kind of shifted me again because the Lord was calling me uh, back into full time ministry. And by that, I mean we're all in full time ministry. But I meant right. by that, uh, I feel that I am called to the church realm and to the mm-hmm. family realm. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't see how that was going to happen uh, because. Even when I was a child, I always I would practice preaching in front of my stuffed animals. 
<laughs> really, really. How interesting is that? Hey, so it was in you, obviously, from being tiny. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. And obviously, you are you are famous for your love for people. Mm. Your <laughs> reputation goes ahead of you of just how much you love and honor people and value every precious heart, no matter how they're behaving. You never withdraw your love is, is your reputation. And to just, you live with a passion now. So the overflow then of your, of, of Jesus's love for you, and obviously all the compassion and the empathy that you have for people suffering in life, it overflows as your ministry, right? So, yeah. so how did that start to happen? How did you end up back in ministry? Or in ministry from being a child dreaming about it and preaching yeah. to the stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's when when the the death of my coworker. I went back to second year, and it was okay. in second year at BSSM that I began to see my desire to see people know this love encounter that I was walking in, not the religious form of it, but the actual relationship of it. And it became a passion, a driving passion of mine in second year. And I still didn't know how that was going to work out. Uh, By then Bethel had changed, BSSM had changed. I didn't even know a lot of the people uh, the newer people, Jason Valentin was actually in my graduating class for first year. So I knew him and I can remember the head of the uh, first year program approached me towards the end of my second year and said, where are you going to do third year? And I said, in the transformation center. And I was going to college at the time uh, to study uh, psychology because I was going to go into marriage and family therapy because that was, I've, I feel called to the family, uh, going mm-hmm. through a divorce and everything I've gone through. Yeah. I want to see the restoration of the family, but I have the call yeah. for the church and family, right? Yeah. yeah. And so um, he said, no, you're supposed to be on my team. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of arrogant of you, but whatever. And I started praying into that. And uh, I wound up uh, interning under Jason Valentin interestingly enough, the year that he went through his divorce. And um, I actually wound up uh, helping him through a lot of things that, you know, I had faced and was able to encourage him. And then at the end of third year, they they actually hired me on as a pastor. Oh, that's amazing. When you, and let, let you loose with the students to love them back into wholeness. Yep. I love your language as well, you know, where you say it's about the relationship, not the religious expression of Christianity, not the head knowledge of Jesus, knowing about him, but actually taking him people into that deep place you know honestly that's one of the questions I get asked more than anything else on the show and mentoring people and traveling is how do I walk a spirit-filled life how do I live in encounters with Jesus people are desperate for it desperate for his presence aren't they because religion doesn't cut it and times are too serious and people go through too much pain in life you know, we have to offer a real Jesus, don't we? We really do and help people know how to step in. And so, I mean, one of my favorite places in the entire world is BSSM. I love it when I come over there and get, and I get I'm allowed to let, to love on the students and speak to them. And it's just a holy riot, you know, yeah. holy spirit crashes in and it's just fantastic. Bodies <laughs> flying everywhere under the power of God. I love it. And the heart set free. It's just amazing. You just sit back, don't you? I, I think the last time I spoke there, I said about two sentences and then sat down because God came in the room. <laughs> Holy Spirit just took over and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to 
sit here and watch him be God. Much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the beauty of actually being in that environment of also understanding that I could accept my own story and where yeah. I had come from. Yeah. And I don't have to look like everyone else. And that's the beauty yeah. also the Bethel environment is we're not cookie cutters. It's not religious. It's not a cult. It's an actual place of freedom for people to express themselves. And I did not look like anyone else. And my story was different than everyone else on staff. And yet they gave me permission to be myself. And that was the beauty of it. Like I can be accepted into, you know, what I thought I had to keep separated actually have now merged And I can literally be myself in vulnerability, in transparency, and in truth, and still be fully my crazy self, because I can get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that, because you're being celebrated for being the awesomeness of you, the way God created you to be. And I love that. I mean, even while you're speaking, Sherry, I can feel Jesus gently peeling off the veil of shame from people, you know, lifting off and helping people understand their innate value because we were all created by him and our story is important isn't it it's so important and your testimony is so powerful because you're living proof that when Jesus comes into our life he takes the brokenness I mean all that you went through as a child all those years of sexual abuse and all the pain and the grief and the hiding and look at what he's done he's like he make he's given you his heart and he makes He brings beauty out of the ashes, doesn't he? He gives the pain and the agony and the suffering meaning. I love that about his redemptive power, that he gives meaning to it. In meaning, he will take our our life and he will enable us to serve somebody else. And it provides hope. And it, you know, we provide from what we've learned of him, same Jesus. You know, it's an invitation, isn't it, for their heart to get free. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Sherry. Sherry, just in finishing, I don't want to stop talking, but we're going to have to for now. But can I invite you to just pray for people who really may be struggling right now, just whatever is in your heart to pray for them? Absolutely. So, Lord, I just thank you that your love is so unconditional. And I thank you, Lord, that each and every person that listens or watches this podcast will understand and see through my own testimony that if you'll do it for me, you'll do it for them. You're the same God for me that you are for them and that you would extend your love right into those dark places that feel hopeless. But the truth is you are hope, you are love, you are joy, and you bring freedom. Even in our darkest night, you actually shine a light that brings us freedom to love, to hope, to dream, and to live again. And what the enemy has meant for destruction, I ask God that you would break off the binders and the blinders on people's eyes and hearts, that they will no longer believe the lie, but receive the truth of your love that you said you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us, but that you will be with us even to the ends of the earth. But all through eternity, you will be with us. Help everyone to understand that love so deep that you want to betroth them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We agree. 
gosh, I can feel the presence of Jesus who and his love just streaming out to you, family, just to moving into those places that are um, full of shame or pain or anger or bitterness. He is not afraid of your emotions. He's not waiting for you to clean yourself up and to move into a better frame of mind or heart. He wants to come right in, in this moment and fill you with the experience of his love. So I agree. I agree. Sherry, thank you so much for sharing your story. You really are an, a, a living epistle of contagious hope of what happens in our life as we just, yeah, just have our heart open towards him. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us your precious time today. Bless you. And thank you all for tuning in and being with us today. And we pray for a week of healing and encounters for you, that it will be a transformational week for you as you experience the love of Jesus like you never have before. There is no part of you too difficult, too broken for Jesus to reach and utterly transform. So bless you all. Have an amazing week. Thanks for being with us today. Bye.